Guys, I'm excited about these things. Hope you're all doing well. And again, welcome to church. Um, my name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here. Um, we, we just, you know what, we, we feel like a family here. and We are a family. And we're so excited about us coming back together. And we grow stronger that way in so many ways. We're going to get into some. I can't wait to reach the word. Um, before I do that, I just want to give quickly a, a shout out to a few of our guys. Some of our young brothers. You might have noticed some things look differently up here in, in the front from up here to up here. And, um, and, and they just use their creativity, their talents, their gifts and abilities. They say, hey, pastor, it's not going to cost too much. We just, we want to, we want to do something. What do you think? And I said, you know what? Just keep the things of God holy. Other than that, use your creativity. Have some fun. And they said, okay. And so they did it. And so uh, I was really proud of them. So just want to quickly shout them out and just say thank you. So. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, um, today we continue on with our message series, The Midst. Um, if you've missed any of it, you can definitely check that out on our podcast or on YouTube or Facebook. Definitely get the word in. Or maybe you heard one of them and you're like, man, I want to rehear that. Get it back in. You know, one of the wonderful things about the pandemic, it's allowed us to do video. Before we only had audio, but now we got video. So if you want to go back and watch, you can. Um, and it really just becomes a blessing. And to hello to everyone online right now. I uh, hope you guys are doing well and you guys are staying engaged. God is good. And so... Um, we jump into our central passage here, which is found in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20. And it says this, and we could all read it together on the count of three. We're going to have it. We're going to have that. There we go on the count of three. All right, let's read that together. One, two, and three. That's it, right there. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And Jesus is saying this. And he's speaking to the church, and he's talking about uh, he, he's talking about re um, he, he uh, the the word is slipping my mind, but repurposing on uh, he bringing them back together, and so whatever it is that's going on in the family of faith, that we would come and we would love each other in this way, and as we come together, there the two or three gather in my name, and there he is among them. We've been talking about the Greek word mesos and how that means in the middle. So when we read the verse, for where two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the middle of them. And it becomes this, and it becomes so important. See, what I want us to understand is that our gatherings are important. What happens in our gatherings is very, very important. So let's take a moment to pray, and we're going to jump into part three of our series. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, that you've woken us up and put energy in our bodies and air in our lungs, Lord. God, today we need to hear from you. Today, God, give us a word. Today, speak to us, strengthen us, God, encourage us. Also, God, challenge us, convict us, help us to see the things you have for us, God. Work in each and every one of us, God. Speak to us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. To begin, let me say this. Do you know one of the things that I love the most in this life? You're like, well, Pastor, I don't really know what you love. Uh, well, let me say this. One of the things that I love the most, and a lot of times people think, Pastor, that's crazy that you love that or that you really enjoy that, but I love the feeling of getting physically fit and stronger. There's something about that, right? There's something that happens. It just feels good. And I, I know it at first you feel tired and overwhelmed. You do 30 seconds on the treadmill and you, you just... <gasps> You know, you, you know, you, you, you try to do two push-ups, you're like, hey, I'm done. I'll try it again tomorrow, you know, or, or, or something like that. But once you get past that, you begin to feel a bit stronger. 
You know, being physically fit has been around for a long time. The ancient Greeks, they, they had these areas for fitness. In the early 1900s, the Germans came out with these kind of this area where you would go and work on your physique. And then about 40 years ago or so, working out became this thing in the United States where we were going to go to the gym, we were going to work out, and we were going we to focus on becoming stronger. I want you to see what it says in Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 25 to 26. It says this, All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose. Someone say purpose. purpose. I run with purpose in every step, and I am not shadow boxing, right? There's great intention in his words. You see, he's talking, to a very, he's talking about a very specific thing, but he's also speaking to the culture, this idea of becoming physically fit. It's been around for a long time. It, it, it sounds great, and it is, but you know what I found? I've found that without accountability, without encouragement, and without instruction, we're going to give up along the way. For all things in life, without accountability, without encouragement, and without instruction, we are going to give up. We'll, we'll, we'll try a couple of things, and then, and then that's it. Listen, let me transition this for us. Our gatherings are important. What happens in our midst is huge. As I've mentioned at the beginning of this series, much of this series has to do with what happens with us. Right here, what happens with us. You see, Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 8, he says this, physical training is good, but training for godliness, someone say training for godliness, is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So when I say we are called to strengthen the body, what I mean is that we are called to strengthen those in the family of faith. I want you to look around this room. We are called to strengthen those in the family of faith. Listen, I have this quick picture. What type of church do we want to be? Do we want to be the one with the skinny arm or do we want to be the one with the big arm? I just meant that to be a little bit of funny, but I want you to get this here. What kind of church do we want to be? What kind of church are we moving forward to becoming? What is God calling us to be? Today we dive into a passage that's simple but has levels of understanding. You see, Jesus is asked the question, what must I do, teacher, to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, what does the Bible say? And the guy says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. And Jesus says, well, that's right. And then the guy says, well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus replies with this story. And we see it in Luke chapter 10 and in verses 30 through 36. Jesus replies with this story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Verse 33. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Someone say compassion. compassion. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey 
and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Then Jesus says this, Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Ask us, which of these three was a neighbor to the man that was attacked by bandits? You see, in this story, Jesus emphasizes the identities of those who pass by the man on the side of the road. He mentions a priest. He mentions a temple assistant. He's, he's emphasizing the church. He's talking to the church. You see, God has called us to be a great light to the world for who he is. That's what he's called us to do. And, and as a church, we, we serve our community. We help those in need. We, we are outreach-driven 100%. But our neighbor is also our brothers and sisters within the church. And I want us to get that. I want us to understand that. If we are to be all that God's called us to be, if we are to be a great light, we have to understand that our neighbor is also our brothers and sisters in the church. What are they going through? What are they facing? What trials and tribulations are they going through? Together we're stronger. We don't just come just to hear and we go off on our way and I have nothing to do with those people. No, God has, in his wisdom, collectively called us to do this together. To be here for each other. To serve each other. I told you at the beginning of this year that God gave me a word for our church. That this would be a year that he would strengthen us and refresh us. And in that, as God strengthens us, he's calling us to strengthen each other. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 and in verse 10, it says this, Therefore, whenever we have opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Someone say family of faith. Especially to those in the family of faith. How do we do that? How do we strengthen the body? Well, there's a few points that I want to share with you this morning. The very first one is this. We communicate each other's value. We communicate each other's value. You know, the good Samaritan, he communicated the value with his, with his actions, with, with his words, he tells the innkeeper, listen, I'll, I'll pay more if it's needed. Here, take this. He's important. He's valuable. Take this. And if it, it costs more, I'll come back and I'll give you more. Right? He communicates his value. You see, what we've learned, especially in our last message series, Lagos, we've learned that words have power. Words can, words can encourage and speak life or they can tear down. You remember what it says? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Right? And those who love it will eat its fruit. See, but I want you to see here, Proverbs 16, verse 24. It says this. It says, gracious words are like a honeycomb. Anybody here ever take a bite of a honeycomb before? I have. You, you, you take this It kind of has this interesting feeling in your mouth and just, you know, all the texture. Gracious words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Gracious words. Gracious words are like this, life-giving words, considerate words, uplifting words. The Bible says that they are health to the body. You know, as a young believer, I fell in love with God. It was, it was, it was just, I, I just, you, you remember that first moment? You remember when God changed everything for you? I fell in love with God. I, I, I wanted to give God my best. I, I, I wanted to worship him. I wanted to live for him. I, 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 I just, me and him, it was just, ah, I wanted to make him proud. 
I understood his love for me. I understood that he forgives me. I understood that my, my sins were wiped away. I, wanted to stu- I understood that I was righteous in him. And I remember during that time as I'm growing in my faith, there was a particular sin that I was struggling with. And I, I remember coming before the Lord and I said, okay, God, I'm just, I'm, I'm done with it. Would you please forgive me of this? I repent of it. I don't want to have anything to do with it anymore in my life. I just, I'm just done. I want to serve you. I want to make you proud. I just, I just, I just want to be done with that. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen and amen. And I, I walked away from that day. But just a few days later, guess what happened? I, I did the same thing again. I did, I, I did the same thing again. And, and, and I felt embarrassed and I felt shameful, but it, but it happened in my life. And so I found myself back there again, and I'm like, okay, God, you know, I know we talked about this. I know I repented of this. I know I said I wanted to have nothing to do with this again, but I did it again, God. I, I did it. And so God, would you, you know, would you just forgive me? Would you help me? And, and I was struggling, and then I walked away from that moment, and then I did it again. And then guess what? It happened again, and it happened again, and it became this thing that I was struggling with. And all these other areas of my life, I feel like I'm growing better, but then I began to feel not good about myself. I didn't feel good. I didn't like myself. I, didn't li- I just wanted to honor him. I just wanted to make him proud, but I'm dealing with this thing. And inside, I, I don't know if you've been there before, but your emotions can get all over the place. And I'm struggling. I'm not even sure I wouldn't even talk to you again. I don't want to bring it to you anymore. And as a young believer, it was a big thing in my life. It was a big deal. One day, I finally mustered up the courage to talk to a more mature believer. And I said, you know what, listen, This isn't easy for me to say, but I need to tell you that this is what I've been dealing with. I absolutely love God, but I I got this thing, and I'm I'm dealing with it. His words were so gracious in my life, so gracious, exactly what I needed to hear, as he gave me this perspective of God's love in my life, as he offered accountability and practical steps on how I can overcome this in my life. That changed everything for me. I needed that so bad. And I bet you need that today. I bet you need some gracious words in your life. I I bet you need somebody to see your value in Christ Jesus. I bet you there are people in your row right now, in your very row, who need gracious words who need the words of God in their life. God is calling us to strengthen the body by communicating each other's value. You following me this morning? Amen. Do you know know what's key when it comes to strengthening the body of Christ? Communicating each other's value. I want you to see what Paul writes in in Romans 15, 7. He says this. He says, Accept one another. Someone say, accept one another. Then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God, accept one another. See, each of us, we come to the place where we recognize, I I got a need for Jesus in my life. I have a need for Christ, right? You have a need for Christ. You have a need for Christ. We have a need for Christ. And beyond that, God accepts us. See, God accepts you. God accepts you. God accepts you. She didn't do anything for him to be accepted. You didn't do anything for her to be accepted. That's not how it works. You didn't say, well, you know what? Okay, it looks like you're doing better. You know what? We accept you in the kingdom of God. It doesn't work like that. You don't have that authority. That's not how that works. God accepts you. 
God says you're made right in his sight. God makes you righteous. God forgives you, right? God is the one that does that. But what we're instructed to do is to accept one another. We all come from different backgrounds, from different journeys, from different situations. We all have struggles. Maybe sometimes they relate. Maybe sometimes they don't. But we all come from this, this, this our own journey. And the Bible says, accept one another ju then just as Christ accepted you. So the same way that his arms were open and welcome, we're to do the same for our brothers and our sisters. The key to what I'm talking about in communicating each other's value is to accept one another. And I want to make it as clear as this. Our value is found in Christ, in Christ alone. Our value is not in obtaining this or that. Our value is not obtaining, oh man, I got them J's, so now I'm like here. Or, or you know, I was able to get that car or buy that house or, you know, you know, I was able to get that thing. And so now, man, I'm at this level of status. My value has risen in people's eyes, in my own eyes. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. My, my value is not in my education. Well, I went to that school. I got this degree. My, my value is not in the relationships around me. Or, oh, look at my boo. Look at me. Look, 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 now look at me. Now let them see me. No, that's not, my, that's not how where my value is found. My, my value is in Christ. I don't want you to get that, my brother. Your value is in Christ nowhere else. It's not what you do. It's not what you say. It's not how it is. Your value is in Christ. And, and, and the same way, my sister, your value is in Christ and Christ alone. So when I see you, I see a daughter of God. When I see you, I see a son of God. I see the people of God. So I accept one another. The Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 12, it says this, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is who you are when you receive him into your life. This is who you are. When you believed in his name, you are a child of God. Someone say, I'm a child of God. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, I am a child of God. Just let them know because they don't know, but now they're about to know. And let them know you are a child of God. Let me ask you this question. Is someone in the family of faith feeling discouraged right now? Is there someone in the family of in the faith right now feeling discouraged? Is there someone going through something so heavy? It's an opportunity to communicate their value. Encourage each other. Love each other. Look for opportunities to speak life into each other. Our Heavenly Father looks at the body, looks at his, at his children those who have been called children of God, and he wants us to see us serve each other, encourage each other. I, I, I want you to know how important you are to us. I want you to know how important you are to the bigger picture. How do we strengthen the body? Number one, we communicate each other's value. And secondly, we pray for each other's growth. We pray for each other's growth. This is so important. Listen, the truth is a lot of times we can come before the Lord and we just begin to pray. And we just begin, bless me and bless me and bless this thing. And God, I got this thing coming up. Would you bless it? Would you protect us? Would you watch over? And we just, we just give God all this. God, would you bless me? Bless us. Bless, bless us stuff. But when you begin to mature in your prayer life, you begin to understand 
that God wants us praying for others. In that same way, he's going to wake somebody up to pray for you. Right, and that's how it works within, within the body. Listen, I'm always curious to the guys that are mentioned in the Bible. You know, there's all these different names in the Bible. And sometimes, all of a sudden, they'll just throw out somebody's name. It'll be mentioned one time. You'll never see it again. But then you hear, ah, oh, man, I wonder why nobody else was mentioned in the Bible. Well, the Apostle Paul, he mentions this one guy in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. And I want you to see this. I want you to see this. His name is Epaphras. Epaphras. And it says this, a member of your own fellowship, a member of your own church, and a servant of Christ Jesus sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. I want you to see his prayer. I want you to see his prayer. He is praying for the church. What if we prayed for the other people in our church this way? What if we took some time and we went into our prayer closet, we're having a time or we're driving or we're, we're just go, you know, we got going on, we're going on, we come before the Lord and says, God, I want you to, God, I, I, I just pray, I pray right now that you would make my, my church strong. God, I'm thinking of that brother right now. Would you make him strong? Would you make him fully confident that he is following your will and his life, Lord? Would we pray for our brothers and sisters this way? Church, I want to tell you, God hears your prayer and he wants us praying for each other. The church is strengthened when we pray for others. You know, once as a youth pastor, I was trying to teach a bunch of teenagers this concept, and, and I did two things. I did two things. One, I invited them to be a part of a 4.30 a.m. conference call prayer gathering. That's right, I said 4.30 a.m., and I uh, and 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 so what what I did is I got them all. I called one of them at four thirty. I get them on the line and I say, hold on real quick. And then I call the next one. And then I call the next one. Call the next one. Call the next one. And I'm sure the first couple will probably fell asleep by the time I got the last one on the line. But I, I got them on the line and I did this over several weeks. And 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 we do this four thirty a.m. prayer conference call. And I had given them all pre-printed prayer requests from people. And so just at 4.30 a.m., they'd get on the phone, and all of a sudden, they'd have to read the prayer request and just begin to pray over these people. Now, why did I do that? Well, number one, I wanted them to understand the discipline of prayer, the importance of prayer, but I also wanted them to understand the value and the power of praying for others, making it a priority, putting it in your schedule that I'm going to pray for somebody else. I may not even know them that well, but I, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to believe God's miracles for their lives. There's power in your prayer. God hears you. What should we pray over people? Listen, I want you to understand the key. This is the key. Pray this. Pray scripture over people. Pray the scriptures over people. I want you to pray Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19 over the family of faith. I want you to pray this. It says this. It says, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all fullness of life and the power that comes from God, I want you to see something. See something here in the first verse. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. 
as the church should understand, as you should all understand, specifically you. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. I want to tell you this morning, no matter what it is that you've been through, God loves you. No matter what it is you've faced, God loves you. No matter if you've participated or the reason why you're going through something, you had a part in it, God still loves you. The presence of your situation does not mean the lack of God's love in your life. No matter the trial, the tribulation, you need to understand this. All God's people should. God's arms are open wide just for you. God loves you dearly. God loves you passionately. God believes in each and every one of you. And we need to be praying this over the body of Christ because as believers, we're going to go through things. Life is going to hit us and we're going to struggle and we're going to forget in the moment and we're going to feel overwhelmed and we're going to struggle to come here. But we need to be praying for each other that you don't forget, you don't forget, you do not forget that the love of God is real in your life. That God is with you, that God is for you. Amen? God loves you, period. Pray this over your church family. If you know them by name, pray for them by name. If you just remember, hey, the one brother that looks like this or the sister that got that hat or, or, or just in general, pray over them. There's one more prayer that I want to give you that you pray this over your church family. And from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13 and verse 21, it says this, may he equip you with all that you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Would you pray that over your church? Would you pray that over the brothers and sisters? Would, would you pray these things? Pray that God would equip the family of faith with everything that they need to do his will. Would you pray that God would produce every good thing that is pleasing to him in them? Would you, would you pray for each other? Would you come before our Heavenly Father and say, God, listen, I got a whole lot of things that I got to ask you, but Father, right now, would you, bless, would you bless my brother? Would you bless my sister? Would you bless the family of faith? Would you strengthen them? God, we are stronger when together, Lord, we are moving forward in the same direction. God, God, today, just bring somebody to mind. God, bring somebody new to my mind, Lord. And God, help me. I, I want to pray for that person right now in the name of Jesus. How do we strengthen the body? We communicate each other's value. We pray for each other's growth. And lastly, lastly, we admit our own mistakes. We admit our own mistakes. Now, this is huge. And this is the, what, what, what? Yeah. We admit our own mistakes. We admit our own mistakes. This is important for a couple of reasons. Number one, this is freedom from yourself. This is freedom for yourself. Listen, you could be going through all kinds of things in your life, but you, you, you're carrying something on your shoulders. You're dealing with something yourself. And, 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 you, and you're just, you, God, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, but you're still doing it. Yeah, it's happening in your, but God, I don't want to do it anymore. You, and you'll circle and you'll circle and you'll circle. The thing is you haven't let it out. You haven't admitted your own mistake and your own struggle and your own sin and you're holding it in. And the second reason is this is it also allows others to do the same thing. See, you, you said, you know what, the truth is I've been dealing with this, and they're like, oh man, they just shared that? Maybe I can share what I've been going through. 
Maybe I can share what I've been dealing with. One of the best things we can do is not pretend that because we are Christ followers that we are perfect because that's just not the case. That's just not the case. Now, our goal is to always grow. Our goal is to always get better. But no one should be, well, you know what? I'm not perfect. I struggle with this area, and it just is what it is. You know, God just says you should accept me for the way I am, and I'm not even going to try because why try? Because this is just how I am. That's the wrong attitude, the wrong perspective. That we, we should always be trying to, to, to move forward. So how do I strengthen the body, the body of Christ, the family of believers? By admitting our own mistakes. You see, the Bible says this in James chapter 5 and verse 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that, they, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This is what healthy community looks like. This right here. This is what healthy community looks like. This, this, is, this is the goal for the family of faith right here. This is it. This, this is what God desired. This is what God intended. This is what strengthening the body looks like. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful effective this is the biblical picture of healthy community this is what it looks like right here see our relationships must be deeper than just our greetings hey how you doing good to see you okay welcome okay or just saying hey what's up or just that head nod some of us just you know fist bumps hugs on sundays our relationships got to be deeper than that. Our relationships must, must, must move, move beyond that. It's getting involved in the groups within the church where we can keep it 100, where we can hear what God's word has to say, where we can confess and encourage and pray for each other. The Bible says in Proverbs 28 and verse 13, it says this, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. I want you to get that. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. Yeah, you're trying to grow. You're trying to mature. You're looking for God's blessing. You love the Lord. I'm not saying you don't love the Lord. You love the Lord, but you're still concealing your sin. You're still trying to hide it. You're still trying to just, oh, I'm trying to deal with it on my own. You know, and you just convince and tell yourself that, hey, if I just keep it right here, I'm eventually going to get past this. I love the Lord. You know, I, I can do this. The Bible reminds us, whoever conceals the sin does not prosper. You're not going to get where you're hoping to get because you're still dealing with it. But the one who confesses it, lets it out, say, hey, the truth is, I've been dealing with this. I've been doing this. I don't want to. Would my family of faith come around me? Would my family of faith strengthen me? Would my family of faith pray for me? Would, they, would, they, would, you, would you fast with me? Would you come alongside me? Would you speak life to me? Would you remind me that my value is found in Christ Jesus? Would, would, would you remind me? But the one who confesses and renounces them finds 
finds mercy. Listen, I, I, I get it. It's humbling to share your mistakes. Man, they're going to know about me. It's humbling to share your mistakes. But I want you to understand God's blessing in it. You see, the key to this is understanding the power of the light. Understanding the power of the light. You ever had electricity go out on you? You know, you're trying to find a flashlight or look for a candle or something or you, you, and you can't find anything and you're struggling or trying to find your keys or it's dark or just whatever it is. All of a sudden, the lights go back on. Oh my God, it was right there. It was right there. See, 1 John 1, 7 says this. But if we are living in the lights, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Living in the light means I'm not living in the dark with my sin. I'm not there. I'm not just holding it. Oh, I'm trying to live this other part in the light, but this part is in the dark. No, I, I bring it out. I expose it. When I expose it, it loses its power. That grip that it's got around me like this, in the light, it can't have that same grip. It can't, right? It, it loses its grip. I allow God to work in my life. And the body of Christ needs to be strengthened. It needs our honesty. It needs our transparency. It needs our willingness to love each other, to serve each other, to say, hey, the truth is, this is what I've been going through. I, I, it needs us to care enough about each other to not only care about how strong I am, but care about how strong we are. How strong do you want your church to be? How strong do you want your church to be? Remember the story Jesus is telling about the parable of the Good Samaritan? You know, there's two people that should have stopped, and they didn't. I want to take a moment to point out the Good Samaritan. He, he comes by, he sees the man on the side of the road, and the Bible says that he has what? Compassion on him. That compassion moves him. And simply this, would you have compassion for each other? Would you have compassion for each other? Listen, God's called us to be a great light and to reflect his love, but we need to strengthen the body. We need to encourage each other. We need to serve each other. We need to come alongside each other. The, the, the good Samaritan, he sees the man on the side of the road. He has compassion for him. The Bible says he comes to him, he soothes his wounds, he bandages him up, then he puts him on his donkey, carries him over to the inn, takes care of him, tells the innkeeper, he communicates his value to him, listen, listen, this guy's value, I, here's the bill, I got it. If anything else occurs on his debt, don't worry, let me know, next time I pass, I'm going to take care of it. He's, he's, he's willing to come alongside him. He makes every effort to serve this person. So here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line for us this morning. God is calling us to serve each other in the family of faith. Bottom line, to serve each other right here in the family of faith, to strengthen each other, to pray for each other, to be honest with each other, to remember that we are one body and God 
is in our midst, in the middle of us. And what happens in our gatherings is everything. What happens in our gatherings is everything. So here's the challenge, I'm gonna pray, and it's, it's fitting that today we're taking communion, but this is the challenge. Which will you begin this week? Will you communicate each other's value? Will you pray for each other's growth? Or will you yourself begin to admit your own mistakes with each other? Who you tell is important. Which will you begin with this week? Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for the good work that you're doing in our body, in our local church, in your church worldwide. God, I just ask God, you would continue to stir in us, help reveal to us, strengthen us, God, refresh us. Today, God, we come to you, Lord, with your mandate, with your word, to strengthen each other. God, I come to the place where we, I pray we'd come to the place that says, you know what, I'm gonna communicate each other's value. I'm gonna remind that brother, I'm gonna remind that sister who they are in Christ Jesus, how important, how valuable they are to the bigger picture of what we're doing. God, I pray, God, that we'd come to the place to say, you know what, I'm going to be intentional in my prayer time to pray for my church's growth, their spiritual growth, their strength in you, their durability in you, their, 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 their dedication to you, Lord, where they serve you faithfully. God, would you protect them and watch over them? Would you work in them in the name of Jesus?